My name is Q. I'm an event producer in the entertainment industry. This podcast is me and my colleagues talking about how we got into the business, offering career advice, and just chatting about whatever's happening in the world today. Please enjoy. What up, bro? What's up, my guy? You... How's it going? Okay. Am I, is my video on? No. No. Okay. There, there we go. you go. All right. I don't really like Zoom too much. <laughs> so I've only used it a few times. But uh, to play the piano for us? Oh, no, 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 no. It's I'm in my uh, office studio space. Gotcha. I got a little. Well, actually, I'll show you a little bit. Hold up. Let me okay. switch, I'll switch it this way. On the back is just some of my comic stuff. Nice, uh, nice, Goku. And then on this That's side, nice. there's like my uh, this is my girl's tickets from shows that she's been to and stuff. Oh, that's there's, dope. Uh, that's a keyboard dope. that's in the shop. It's actually supposed to be right here, but it's in the shop at the moment. And then there's the wall of all the posters of shows and shit that I've worked on my computer, workspace and shit. And that's dope, man. Other stuff, some little vibes, yeah. Yeah, man. I like it. I like it. That's a dope office, man. Love it. Appreciate it. I just, I, this is my first place where I actually have a space for this. Okay. And, uh, so it's just, I, I've been planning something like this for a really long time. So it feels good to actually, like, you know, have the space. That's good. What's, what side of town are you on? Uh, I stay off of Holly Hall. So I'm not too far from. Okay. Like right down the, you can see the Astrodome from my house. And then. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. That's awesome, man. So you ever want to come to a Texas game, you right down the street. Yeah, yeah. No walking distance. I walked to the rodeo. Oh, well, man. before all this happened. <laughs> oh man. Which show did you go to? Or did you just go to the Carnival Park? No, I got to go see Willie Nelson. That was actually a bucket list show for me. Uh, a friend yep. from work uh, invited me and my girl and like she had extra tickets. So I was like, Yes, please, because I had never yeah. gotten to see him. Surprisingly, living in Texas, I never got to see him before. So, I got you. That's it was that, good. Absolutely, man. I went to the um, Chance the Rapper show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky was enough to see that one. Yeah, it was a it was a good show. You didn't work that one though, huh? I said you didn't work that one though. Unfortunately, not. I didn't work it, even though I want to. I just found out their uh, the name of the production company that runs that. So I'm gonna reach out to them next year to help out mm-hmm. next year. So because it was already too late for, to to reach out to try to, to help work out. on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. So, Absolutely, man. But some no, of those, some of those nicer shows be going quick. The jobs go quick. <laughs> absolutely, especially they've been doing it for so long, so they already have an established yeah. crew. So a lot of people like return for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on this podcast. Man. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm sorry it took so long. I'm really excited to do it. No, absolutely. I understand. Uh, is Summer and her family okay? Yeah, they, yeah, they're doing pretty good. I mean, as good as really people can be at the moment, you know, dealing with some personal stuff. Um, but most part, doing pretty good, and we're ready to bounce back when all this ends. We're, understand, we're, understand. We're so, I know, I know. Uh, I mean, as Texas right now, we're we're slowly opening back up, but the number is not yeah. looking great. So I would not be surprised if we have a high peak around the fall again so yeah well no i actually uh i live pretty close to the med center so a lot of the people um that live in my area like work there and they're all saying that it's just actually there's gonna be another wave and i'm just uh, yeah yeah please don't tell me that but they're probably right i know i know like i this year me and my family was supposed to be going to acl which is in october and i'm still you know paying for the tickets and whatnot but mm-hmm. the the lineup should have been released as of right now and from mm-hmm. what I'm hearing, it's not going to happen. 
So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, from my understanding, I've heard like a little bit from some friends that tour and stuff and like most tours, if not all tours, I can't speak for all tours or anything like that. But from what I've heard, they all canceled for like the end of the year. Like nobody's yeah. coming back out till the end of the year. So that's like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. hard work. I know. Uh, I just got the notification about the weekend. His show got pushed back until June of 2021. So oh, yeah. Everything's pushing back literally a year. They're literally pushing everything just back a year. Yeah, man. We, we're struggling so hard with that, bro. Um, how? This is, yeah, this is a hard time to be in this industry, for sure. I know. I know, man. Well, how was how uh, House of Blues, I guess, treating you guys in regards to dealing with this ep- pandemic? pandemic? Honestly, pretty good. Um, okay. They they had to do like rounds of furloughs, like a lot of other companies have had to do. So furlough, okay. you know, letting people off just temporarily. But um, they, but for the most part, they have done really good. They took care of us as much as they can. Like uh, you can't hold it to a company to try to pay for people's expenses when there's no revenue oh coming in. Um, exactly. but they did, they did, they did right for a couple months. Like they did real good, and communication has been pretty good. Um, CEO actually chimes in. Like there's a. Uh, like an email that goes out and like he has a meeting I think it's still once a week I'm gonna be honest I don't even tune in every time but like yeah it's good communication they they doing the best that they can for sure and definitely adjusting for for everything that's happening we all ready for shows to come back it's just a matter of time I know absolutely and I know uh I didn't realize Warehouse Live was not a part of the Live Nation family no, they're they're like one of the only mom and pop shops that's still like doing their thing out here. Even mm-hmm. uh, White Oak has been struggling to hold on to that, but they're still up there too. And yeah, yeah, separate from Live Nation, but Live Nation owns a lot. Yeah, but, I didn't realize how much they own. And I thought, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought Warehouse fell under that umbrella too. But you know, I just saw an article <laughs> on it's like Save Warehouse Live. I was like, wait, what? I thought yeah, Live no, Nation no, took no. care of this. I mean, they have a. I think there's. I don't know for sure. I think there's a few owners though. Um, but yeah, no, they've, they've been doing their thing for, for quite some time and power to them, man, for real. Cause this is a hard industry to be able to keep those types of shows up and they mm-hmm. definitely get really good shows. Oh, absolutely. I love some, uh, saw some of the best shows in my life. You know, that's why I got uh, introduced to logic. Who's one of my favorite artists. Yeah. Which, uh, which logic show did you go to? It was like one of the first ones. It was for his first album that he dropped. Oh, for real? It was at Warehouse. It was like years ago, bro. Like 2014, 15. That's what's up? No, no, no. That's cool. I got to go see, uh, which which one was it? It was, uh, why is my mind going blank now? Um, third, third album, second album. So first one was Under Pressure. Yes. Second one, and then now we're gonna sit here and have a whole like. Whole lot of <laughs> uh, dang, catalog. my mind's going blank. Yeah, uh, me too. Catalog. Uh, the the space one where he had the whole the first one concept album that he did. Was that the second one? That's the second one. Yeah, under pressure. Second was one. The yeah, first yeah. One. So I went to the second one. Okay. Man, that was awesome. That was yeah. That was definitely. He was on a fire show. Bro, no, that man knows how to perform. That man knows his business as well. It was really cool. It makes it more interactive. Like, I hate it when an artist goes out there, especially for hip hop. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a band or something behind you and you mm-hmm. go out there and you're performing and, and you don't have literally anything to make the show like a little more interactive, I hate it if there's just a video wall, a DJ, and then the artist just walking back and yeah. forth on stage. No energy, no nothing like that. No. But nah, man, Logic did some cool stuff. He, uh, he like, even saw the Rubik's Cube behind his back while he was rapping yeah. and then like threw it back out into the crowd. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way more interactive, way more energetic. You gotta add, yeah, I'm 
love it when an artist brings like that energy and that that originality to a show because it's hard mm-hmm. to do bring like some originality to shows. Oh yeah, uh, I went to I went to go see him again. I usually don't see multiple. I don't usually see an artist multiple times. Like once I see a show, I feel like yeah. I got a grasp of it. But yeah, I think I had to see no, again. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was the everybody person. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Travis Scott, I've I seen him like maybe three times in, in the course of like three years and it was the same exact set. Probably add yeah. one, two songs. And I'm just like, add some more, man. Come on, let's get some right. diversity in that. Well, yeah, no, he was just touring really hard at first. The That first main project, he was trying to break some records and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he did a good job. He was hustling. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I want to go ahead and get started. Um, First of all, welcome to another episode of the Q It Up podcast. I have an amazing individual on the line, my homeboy. We worked together for the, it wasn't a formation tour. It was for On The Run, On The Run tour. Yeah, two. two. I call it O-Tree. O-Tree. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that a was, abbreviation. Also. Absolutely. That was a crazy run, man, but we got to meet a lot of amazing fun. people. It was, my fav- it was my favorite show of all time. Just, that's just, got to be, one, that's definitely got to be top three for sure because that production level was insane i had not seen anything quite like that since to be perfectly honest before or since oh absolutely then just how just the production team and how they work with us and how they treated us i've never been treated like that they brought us yogurt outside they was bringing us fruit cups we were like we never had nothing like this we we yeah no they had the whole they had the spread and everything it was like yeah yeah, no it was that was definitely a cool experience absolutely but the the icing on the cake was we got an opportunity for a brief second to see the queen herself with king hova backstage that was pretty. Dope. I mean, I didn't get to, I didn't get to see him backstage. No, I missed that part, bro. You tell me that now. Wait, what? No, I only. Where uh, were you? Was that the first night or was that the second night? No, I think it was the second night. It was the second night. Yeah. See, I didn't stick around the first night, but for like a few few minutes, I stayed for the whole show the second night. Um, but yeah, was it, it was it before day. or after the show? No, it was before the show. No, you had to be there because oh, we got paid. No, I was working. I was working the uh, the VIP tables. At that time, yeah, I was already down, down in the fucking thing. I'm sorry, yeah, I was already, I was already, I was still working. I didn't know that. Yeah, they didn't even tell me that. It was like, oh no, don't even tell him. Send him. Send him. I'm not gonna lie, the VIP, the VIP table thing, that was kind of a good setup because B and J came directly up to you at at some points of the show. So, yeah, no, and that was definitely probably the closest you're gonna get to uh a lot a lot of it that was a lot of fun yeah absolutely but yeah backstage we got we got our paychecks as soon as we were about to walk out um the security was telling us to hold on and i just realized the show hasn't started and we're literally at the entrance to the stage so we was like they have to come past here right through there yep and but the thing is the cart stopped right in front of us and Beyonce said hi to us and we was like that's nice because you work in yeah yeah that's, that's love and respect that's dope. absolutely yeah. she she's like when an artist is actually, yeah i love it when the when the artists are actually like real like that and genuine and stuff and actually have a, the the what, what, what am i trying to say the uh courtesy to mm-hmm. acknowledge even like the little people and stuff that are just trying to there and just make the show happen you know but absolutely that's freaking that's love and respect not all the artists are like that even way smaller artists than her <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah man so love and respect for her man absolutely so we're starting this episode i like to start it off with a little icebreaker called top five 
Um, so I want to get to know you a little bit better. And by naming your top five uh, favorite artists, it feels like you people get a better mm. insight of your taste and who you mm. are as a person. So I want your top five favorite artists. Okay, so that's actually really difficult. You gotta know that's difficult to ask yeah. somebody who literally works shows. Yeah. And, and Do you want to put it in the category? You want me to say rappers? You want me to say bands? Um, I mean, you could do categories but let me do this let me just give you my top five that i'm listening to right now okay gotcha um top five right now probably jungle okay. uh if you haven't heard of them they're freaking sweet amazing first time i actually saw them was at house of blues uh, i didn't even know them before that and that show blew me away so much i looked them up after and phenomenal phenomenal some good vibes some funky some good funk stuff uh soulful funkful um but they like full orchestra. I'm sorry, I'm getting lost. I'm just no, fine. All right. No, go in no, depth, man. Um, let's see who else am I listening to right now? Man, I really do kind of. I have like a couple playlists that I kind of go through. Uh, I'm still okay. Tierra Whack is still in my rotation. I'm still jamming some of even the Cup First project that she did her that short series one. Okay, like that. Um, I see else. Who else is in? Uh. Tame and Paula. It's also some vibey stuff. I really like soul and funk and, and some vibey stuff. All right. Um, ooh, who do I want to say? Uh, trying to pick. I got two more. Yes. Two more to add. Um, I'm going to put. I'm sorry. This is taking way too long. You're making me. No, it's fine. Me I can cut it out. <laughs> it's all good. You got you. Um, you can take a look at your Spotify if you need to. Man, no, that's, that's you put me on the spot, bro. You put me on the spot. <laughs> you on the spot. Um, yeah, no, who, who who's the last few people that's been on my Spotify? Now you now you make me look. <laughs> I know it's a hard question. Like you asked me, I, I probably it's hard for me to to sit here and name top five of all time. Um I can't pick all time because a lot of a lot of what I make my choices off of is uh, like who puts on a good show because that's just really what I like. Cool. Uh, okay. So I base a lot of my decision off of that. But it's just I like I like a lot of bands and um okay so ones that are still there you go. Okay. That, okay. Cool. I'll I'll say that. One. There you go. I'm sorry. I had I had to make sure I was here. Uh, so both heck is been in my re uh, playlist recently. Actually, a neighbor showed them to me. Uh, showed them to me. Like them a lot. And Duran Jones and the Indications. If you haven't heard, haven't heard of them, I love them. They uh they kind of like some old school. Uh, how do you yeah like look them up? That's all I can say. Look them up. They kind of some old school. Real old school. I don't mean like 80s, 90s. I mean like you can catch some 40s, 50s vibes type stuff. Like it's some. Uh, I mean, go look it up. Go look I got you. And this is why I like talking to people like you because you have you don't have a traditional or general uh, taste in music. You're very broad. I mean, I You're do not too. afraid to get out there. Yeah, but I mean, you. I always follow you on IG, and you always posting up these new bands and new artists to follow. So you're somebody just. You know, See, it's that's very the other thing. if you want to, if you want me to pick like top five local artists, that's a whole other thing too. But ooh, ooh I don't even think I could do that. There's some really good local artists. There's some people yeah. that's been doing 
the minute. There's some new people coming up right now that are really nice. I got you. Did you uh, did you listen to Meg before she got bit? Meg the Stallion. I did. I actually reached out to her to try to book her a couple of times. Um, really? Before she really blew up. It didn't work out either time. Uh, she was already getting pretty hot by the time that I reached out to her, but mm-hmm. she hadn't done. She hadn't got signed yet or anything like that. This was like year or so ago and price price one was just outside of what i was able to do at the time um but yeah no i had heard her a little early on she's she's freaking nice i got you i got you yeah. all right so we have to be still at the beginning of the show i want you to take this time to just tell people about yourself what you mm-hmm. do and then we can go into how you got started into the entertainment industry cool um so i have ooh, what do I do? Uh, main kind of three things that I do are booking, uh, event coordinating, and event management, um, kind of like the broad topics that I individually uh, do. Um, within that, I have a company called Evolversi uh, that you are familiar with, and we put on shows, concerts. Um, we've done a variety of uh, type of shows. We've done literally comedy. We've done almost all of the genres that you can name, mostly local. Uh, we travel around a little bit, um, but we mostly have stuck within Houston, and we're looking to go beyond that this next year, actually. With all these setbacks, it's kind of frustrating, but yeah, we're working on it. Um, and then we also have a festival that we do once a year, and that encompasses a few more of the arts. We actually have vendors come out. We have an art gallery. Uh, we have a panel where uh, other individuals from the uh, industry come out to speak. So last year we had a talent buyer from Live Nation. We had uh, a rep from, uh, what was it, Hennessy? I don't want to misspeak, I'm sorry. Um, Then we had the manager from the music hall at House of Blues, and we had had five people on on the panel. Uh, Another guy that does touring, Derek uh, Loud, which is another uh, local label, Um, but they do tours in Japan and all types of stuff. Shout out to Loud. Uh, Awesome label right there. Um, So that's what Evolversity does. And then I also have another company, Flight. Uh, and that's a concert series that I do with uh, another friend of mine, actually, who does uh, filming, Infamous. Shout out to Infamous. Um, but we've collabed and come together and we uh, do a traveling concert series. So we go to different cities. And uh, with that, we try to look for up and coming talent within that city and line up radio interviews, um, podcast interviews. Uh, try to get some radio and stuff to come out. Actually, the hat that I'm wearing, we give each of the artists a hat. They customize it themselves. They give it out with a few tickets. We do a whole little spiel to try to help up-and-coming artists and try to book uh, a slightly larger artist as well to help draw that crowd. And then uh, my day job is working for House of Blues, Live Nation. Um, I'm a stage manager there. Uh, I say day job. I do that 40-plus hours a week. Um, and that is strictly managing shows. I handle a little bit of the communication that goes on beforehand, but mostly I'm the day of guy. I coordinate all of the uh, production aspects, help the venue, I'm sorry, help the tour, uh, know what the venue has uh, as far as production goes and get everybody linked up. We build an amazing show, put on some great stuff, make sure everything gets torn down, make sure the artist gets paid, kind of manage all those aspects throughout the entire day very long days um on average they're like 17 plus hours and then 
um, and then, yeah, I've got some side gigs. I work for a church as well. I do ops coordinating for them, um, operations coordinating. And then I pick up side gigs like with you doing, um, I'm sorry, uh, VIP stuff. And then mm -hmm. I've worked security. Pretty much everything I've done revolves around concerts and live events. And that's just, yeah, where my life is at. I got you. So let's start at the beginning. What got you into working concerts? What was your journey getting into this industry? Um, so like a lot of other people, I thought that I was somewhat of an artist, not a vocal artist, but I was a producer. And I did that starting in high school, um, carried on in college. I ended up meeting my partner with Evo Versi Summer. Um, and that led to a lot of things pretty much. Um, but I met her, she's, she is an artist and a vocalist and we did a project together. Uh, and then we got her on a few shows, realized that we didn't like how the shows, uh, for the indie market is kind of ran. Um, it's very, it's very nitty gritty. It's very cutthroat. Um, mm -hmm definitely a lot of people get screwed and stuff. So yeah. after a couple of experiences, we're like, hey, we think we can do this better. Um, at that time, I was actually working for a radio station. That was before I even worked at House of Blues. Um, and then what happened? I ended up getting a, yeah, I did a project for somebody at House of Blues, a, a manager there. He got me on as security. I started doing those events that kind of fed into some of the knowledge and stuff that I kind of worked into doing the, uh, uh, our events with people first and stuff. Um, summer guy ended up working there too. We just learned as much as we could pretty much, uh, worked within every aspect that we possibly could and applied as much of that as we possibly could to what we were doing. And, um, also just tried to keep at heart what, where we came from, which is artists ourselves and try to do right by, by the indie artists and the people out there really trying to, make it for themselves which is not an easy thing to do i got you i got you man that's amazing starting your own business from pretty much the ground up and just you know starting it from your experience and working in the industry so um working at house of blues then of course you said working at a radio station then working security um how did you get uh, attached with flight in your contact there the the flight concert series mm -hmm. no, that was something else that i just started that started up after Evolve Versi. Um, that started um, pretty much because Evolve Versi had some other stuff going on and I had some more time and I was like, I want to book a show at this other venue that was kind of a gamble and a risk. And to be perfectly honest, not something that seemed like it was possibly the best idea for Evolve Versi to do, but I still wanted to do it. So uh, I did it and it didn't go the best for the first time uh being perfectly honest it was a good thing that he first yeah he didn't necessarily do it but it sparked this whole other thing that i ended up getting more involved with like i said with infamous and um it just started growing into its own thing as well so definitely blessings and we have definitely had some large success since then it's all about learning and just learning from those mistakes and growing okay i got you so um of course with COVID it canceled pretty much everything. Everything. Um, it canceled everything. Pretty much, uh, I think it was maybe two months ago when the article came out from LA County saying that there's pretty much going to be no shows and concerts until pretty much summer of 2021. Um, working for House of Blues. I man, hope that's an exaggeration. I'm just I, I, I was hoping it too. I, I had was, a mini heart attack. 
I was thinking next year for sure, but like, I don't know. I, I feel if anything, this is the time for the local scene to really shine once this starts popping back because yeah, these tours might not be touring until that point, but that doesn't mean that the venues aren't trying to make some, some money back. You know what I'm saying? So this is, yeah, local people start reaching out to some venues, start seeing what you might be able to do for them once it really starts opening up more because they're going to be looking for it. They need shows and tribute shows and yeah. anything else that's going to be some quick, good people in the room to drink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. So what? what is, I mean, have you guys had those conversations yet in regards to how you guys are going to move forward with, I guess, social distancing when shows are starting? to come back to be honest man, the, we try to talk about it but there's only so much that we can really do or plan for right now because we don't know yeah. um and that's really what i'm finding out across the board as well as i'm talking to other people um nobody really knows what's going to happen what the regulations are venues are playing it by ear like and each venue is different too so you look at like live nation they own house of blues and all these other things they have a larger budget so they might be a little bit easier uh, to not come back as quick, actually. They might actually be a little bit slower and wait for some of those larger shows. Um, whereas you might have something like the smaller stuff. Like there's a amazing venue I love called Bohemios. Um, honestly, I, Warehouse Live, maybe. I, I don't really know. But like some of these smaller venues and stuff that are like, well, I mean, we got to start making some type of revenue. So you talk to them and it's so some of them i've talked to are like oh they're only doing 25 percent capacity right now so that doesn't really still work out for us we're not able to really make anything off of that so we're still holding off but then you might have another venue that's like nah let's bring in those 10 15 20 people whatever let's get something in here so it's really like a case-by-case -case scenario and it's just it's really hard to plan for for sure yeah absolutely do you feel like i guess a venue size of house and blues and put you in the same boat as Warehouse Live at the end of the day, maybe in the future, um, in regards to maybe people not as into concerts now. Maybe they don't start going out to concerts to 2022, especially if a second wave comes around. Yeah, that's and that's the whole other thing. Yeah, the venue, it's, it's up to, to them to decide when to open up. But then again, we don't necessarily know how the the majority of people are going to act right now mm -hmm. and if people are even really going to want to come to shows i mean a lot of people i talk to yeah they want to come to shows but that's because that's the industry we're in that's what we do so yeah we want to go back but yeah talk to some other people and i've got friends saying nah man you should still like not go you go out wearing a mask don't touch anything like only go out when you really have to still like you got other people that are still really cautious so it's which there's nothing wrong wherever you are on that spectrum wherever mm -hmm. you're at it's just, we, I, yeah, I have no idea where people are going to be at. How, what, what, are the, what are the numbers going to be when we come back? I have no idea. I got you. Uh, you're very passionate about the indie world, and, of course, you created a whole company to help uh, indie artists. Um, does that passion come from you being a, a musician, and how do you continue that uh, moving forward with uh, dealing with COVID? Um, yes. Uh, a lot of my passion has come from me having been started from it or going through it to begin with like when I was producing and stuff and trying to get artists on and trying to do all that and I have a strong connection to people uh doing that and I still okay so that answers the other half of your question uh mm -hmm. I still work on my own music I still mm -hmm. um <laughs> 
do as much as I can right now. I'm actually trying to learn more instruments and trying to learn the guitar. I played keys by ear a little bit. Um, trying to do what I can myself without actually, you know, going to a show or something like that. Um, the best way that I'm dealing with COVID right now is trying to take this time to still work on me, therefore also uh, being better to come back to the company and then also working out plans for the future when we do come back as best as we can just like okay we want to do this but a large part of that actually starts with with the self um i'm definitely kind of working on that right now to be perfectly honest yeah Yeah, a lot of people are are working on themselves man but absolutely i think this is the time to do so man yeah yeah yeah. No, no no for sure um yeah so like i've just been working on um Music and honestly, financial stuff. I'm um, trying to plan that stuff out better because I feel like the better I am with that, by the time we start coming back with some shows, start applying some more of those good yeah. habits, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully be able to get the budget to do even larger things, not hopefully get that up. So just grow it. And that's that's my plan, just working on growth. Yeah. Gotcha. I love growth, man. So you yeah. started a festival. The festival went amazing. You had a lot of people come out. Can you yeah. walk us through the steps of you starting this? And pretty much you're speaking to somebody who might be interested in starting their own festival. What were the steps you you did to approach this project? For sure. Uh, for festival specifically, um, man, when I first got into it, it was I, I was terrified. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. Um, absolutely none and it's just honestly the first big thing is just get over whatever fear hang up that you might have set that to the side because that's also going to cloud judgment and things like that um and just do it and understand that just like anything else like working on learning how to put on a show you're going to make mistakes uh not every show is going to do well um some shows will do better than others for sure this is a, a very difficult market and sometimes it might not seem like there's any real rhyme or reason to it you're like man i did all the marketing for this or i did xyz i, I thought i had all of this together and still everything wasn't right there man but an artist all that um and still sometimes things don't line up and, and it's because man you're dealing with people and you're dealing mm-hmm. with um uh, other events and other things going on and people have very short attention spans so things happen um just try to take a step back and see what you may learn from literally every show even if it was successful um getting into it um main thing i'll give like i guess a couple of pointers um basic pointers starting off first off you don't have anything without a venue book yeah. that first yeah um that is the first thing that you book uh, a lot of people might think oh, i'm gonna have the artist or i'm gonna have the date you know i have all this in mind but you don't have anything without the venue and then you don't have anything without your sound so if you're talking about hip-hop show you have to have a dj first um because a lot especially if you're dealing with the local scene a lot of artists don't have their own dj don't have a way you, you don't want them up there playing something off of an ipod um, make sure that you get their music collected, you get it to a DJ, you make sure that you, that you have backups, 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 communication, communication, communication. Um, keeping in touch with literally everybody is good. It's helpful to have, it's definitely helpful to have a, a team uh, on this types of stuff because it's a lot of communication. Um, but yeah, venue, DJ, talent, then you you need to get your promotion together and, and all that and that's a whole other thing. I'm I'm sorry I'm not gonna get into on this. 
That's a lot. <laughs> but, uh, that's completely fine, man. I think that's good, man. The fact that I was very excited for you and someone when you guys, you know, reached out and started pushing the promo out on your IGs and everything. I was like, man, these guys are doing amazing work for the city because, you know, especially indie artists. Like I said, I love listening to new artists that I'm not very familiar with, especially in Houston, knowing that we have so many talented There's individuals. There's so many people oh. out there, man. Like, Okay, one other tip that I kind of left out is you got to go out to shows. Whether you're the artist, whether you're the person booking, whether you're, you're whatever, you need to go out and get a feel for uh, what does well, what doesn't do well, who's out there, who's doing what. Like, in order to get a good network, uh, just like any other, any other job, any other industry, the network is, is your lifeline. Like, mm-hmm. um, and you got to get out there and meet people and you got to, you got to talk, you got to socialize. It's, it's can be hard, especially if you're like an introvert. Um, at times I definitely feel like I am, but at times I also feel like an extrovert. So I don't know, but yeah. I got you. Do you remember your first show you ever worked? Who first show I worked? Uh, I can tell you the first show I remember working. I can't remember if it's yeah. the first show that yeah. I actually worked. That works. First show that I remember working was uh, Billy Talent. Not Billy Talent. Uh, Billy Idol. I'm sorry. Billy Talent's a <laughs> Billy you. Idol. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, he, Billy Idol came to House of Blues. And he's kind of older and that was hilarious. But that dude, that was definitely one. Probably the reason why that one stuck out to me was because it was a lot of fun to work. That dude, okay. I was working security at that time. And uh, he actually still jumped down onto the rafters. He still climbed. Like, he still brought the energy. This dude's, like, in great shape for, what, 50-something years old now? Like, yeah, no, he still put on a show. And that was, when was that? That was uh, 2015, October 2015, 2016, something like that. Wow. Wow. But you've been in the industry, what is this, about eight years now? Or more? Oh, no, no. What, what is it? No, 18, 16, 16, 15, 16, like four, four or five years, right? Four or five years. I'm sorry. I got yeah, my numbers yeah. all mixed up. <laughs> but no, you worked, in, you worked in the radio prior to that, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I would consider that, you know, entertainment as well. Industry? Okay. Yeah. It was a public radio station, KTSU. Okay. Is that here in Houston? Nine, 90.9 KTSU. They do jazz. Um, uh, I was about to say their slogan, but I think they changed it since I've been there, so I'm not going to say that. But it was okay. jazz in all its colors. I think it's community station. I don't even know anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Donna. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So you worked for a jazz station. So is that why you're really yeah. into jazz and neo soul and stuff like that? Or did you have that prior to working for that station? Uh, kind of always been into that type of music i mean i was definitely like a hip-hop kid growing up but anything that had that jazz kind of feel to it i was like in high school i really liked uh asheroth's paps and jazz album um that one was really good when kendrick lamar came out in college like i definitely loved uh to pimp a butterfly more than anything else um and then yeah no i've just always liked artists with that kind of flavor to them for sure um but i've as i've gotten little bit older a little bit later i feel like my and doing more shows and stuff my taste have gotten a little more refined and i like a lot more bands and stuff like that um now so like oh man i could go through a list again but then you're gonna make me go blank because then i'm all like <laughs> oh now i gotta bring it all to my head and it's all good all good i don't know why i didn't just look at my wall right in front of me that, yeah all the shows that are all the shows have. that i got right all right there we go chone that was a good show now i'm really cautious clay that was an oh he's an amazing artist all right i'm not gonna go through it but <laughs> <laughs> i should have really just looked like i don't know why i didn't do that so what's your favorite show you worked 
so far or been a part of? Ooh. I know, I know um, you got one. One that just stands out, and you can't use Beyonce. Oh no! Actually, I don't think I would. Um, mm-hmm. That's top three for sure. Top three, okay. I don't, I don't know if I'd actually production on that was insane, but I feel like that's different because they got a budget for something entirely different. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite show that I ever worked. Ooh. I don't want to. I mean, if I'm being biased, I'm going to say my my uh, second art music best. Um, okay because that was just an amazing collaboration of all types of individuals. We had body painters on that one. We had uh, models come out and help us with some stuff. We had a whole art gallery. We had a poetry uh, stage. We had three stages. It was, anyways, that one, that one was a lot of fun. Um, but then something that I was just, just worked. Uh, ooh, I'm, t- I'm torn between jungle Okay. I'm torn between I'm torn between I'm ain't gonna lie four <laughs> jungle Anderson Peck Smino oh. and okay. um James Blake okay those four oh man I could probably add add more to that but those those four were definitely some of like the funnest shows most high energy shows I ever worked James Blake was one of the most well produced shows I've ever worked in my entire life and I actually I was working that show and I got sent home because I didn't give a fuck about working. I'm sorry. I mean, I just, I didn't care about working. I was definitely interested. There was, during sound check, I was walking towards an elevator, wasn't really paying attention. And they hit one note during sound check and it made me turn around and was like, what was that? Like that, just that crystal clear sound in a venue that size and then when the people came and the room filled and they were still able to keep that quality on it that James Blake is amazing production uh, it's got to be one of the most best produced shows I've worked for sure I'll put yeah I don't know but those other ones were amazing too though like you know it was so much fun that was in the small room but, I got you uh did you do you watch the verses that come on IG live no, to be honest had. with you, no. I lately, <sighs> lately, I ain't gonna lie. So I've been keeping up with some of my local friends and stuff. Um, okay. I keep up with them, but I haven't really been paying attention to some of the larger artists right now. Okay. Um, or any of that stuff. And honestly, I've been really into uh, anime and stuff. <laughs> and Ooh, which, too. which anime, man? Uh, I'm rewatching Dragon Ball right now, the original. Um, my, my, my wife just finished. Rewatching it? Yeah, yeah she so watched it episode one. Oh, episode one, sweet. And uh, I've seen it in uh, Japanese a few times, and I have the entire collection manga, um, but I've never actually watched it all the way through in English, and I found out Funimation had the uncut version on English, not the cut <laughs> version, which is completely different. I don't yeah. mean to be, yeah, but it is different. The, the jokes are different and everything. Um, so I decided to rewatch it, uh, the uncut in English, and it's, it's been fun. I'm on, I'm on season four out of five. Uh, almost done with that but then like I keep up with the like One Punch Man I read that I keep up with a lot of manga and I keep up with some comics and stuff too that's been keeping up the other part of my time <laughs> all right <laughs> for sure all right so I'm going back into top five top five animes whoo okay um gotta put Dragon Ball top five because that's Dragon what got Ball. me into it I'm and I have that. literally every single issue I'm by probably do know more than most people on that i don't mean to just say that but like, mm-hmm. there's only a few anyways um yu yu hockey show i love yu yu hockey show read that watched that um anime or manga 
Let's do anime and let's then go on to manga. Okay, so anime. Uh, mm, let me go back. Uh, Gurren Logon. Okay. That's three. I love Gurren Logon. Samurai Champloo. That's four. And one might pick for my five. Why am I quicker with these than I was with the music? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you've been listening, uh, watching it heavy. So. I've been on it. Um, what am I going to go for five? What am I going to go for five? Ooh, there's some good ones. Um, my Hero Academia. That I've been Bro. on it. I keep up with that one. I love it. All right, now we're going to go manga. Mm-hmm. One Punch Man. Okay. Um, the manga, I feel, it's just, it's ahead of the, speaking of One Punch Man, man, they're coming out with a, a, a live action film. I don't know if anybody heard about that yet. They are? Yeah, live action film. It's the first anime, not the first anime, because they got that crappy Dragon Ball best, but, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, man, we are getting so sidetracked. <laughs> no, this is part oh, yeah. of the conversation, brother. This yeah. is it. Cool. No, uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, so One Punch Man, they're getting uh, a live action uh, film coming up. I think it was Fox doing it, which is technically Disney now, um, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, back at it again. But yeah, no, and if that does well, that's cool, because that might open up a whole new line of like superhero films for the anime genre and stuff. That might be pretty cool. Um, something better than what we've gotten in the past, because it's been terrible. But, um, yeah. All right, so manga. Um, again, Dragon Ball. It's got to be on my top no matter what. I don't care. Y'all can say I'm a stand, whatever. I, <laughs> screw you. Yes, I love it. Um, Gantz. Gantz is an amazing manga. Um, the anime sucks. Don't watch the anime. Read the manga. It's a completely different thing. Um, I'm going to go with Shield 21. I don't know if people know what that is. Or yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of those as well. It's got to be in my top five. You don't like the anime version of it? No, God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they made it so ridiculous. And I ain't gonna lie, by the end of the series, it got really out of hand, too. Uh, mm. Like, not really realistic. But it started off, honestly, like, it started well. realistic. <laughs> um, I got into it, and I still like it by the end. I've read that multiple times. I know I don't like the anime. I'm surprised that you knew about it or the anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, My lady put me onto it. <laughs> I mean, your lady's cool though for knowing some cool stuff. Um, all right, manga. I said Dragon Ball. What did I say? I said Gantz, and I said uh, Ice Shield Twenty One. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with. I got two more. Um, what's another? Oh, I said One Punch Man as well. That's four. Mm-hmm. Right, so I have one more. Um, Probably My Hero Academia again. I know I repeated a couple of those during all My Hero Academia, but I've been keeping up with My Hero, and the manga is pretty freaking sweet. Um, if you if you don't read it, highly recommend that. Uh, and as far as Dragon Ball goes, if anybody doesn't read Dragon Ball, I don't know if my thing. I'm sorry, my my, my phone's twenty percent. I don't know. Did I disappear? Am I back? You're back. Maybe not. Okay. Um, but yeah, if anybody watches Dragon Ball Super. Highly recommend reading the manga. You can get it actually for free as it comes out on the Shonen Jump app. And it, the manga is way better than the anime. They fix a lot of the plot holes and they fix a lot of uh, a lot of issues. And Toyotaro is now the guy that's kind of like taken over and he's learned from Tor- Toriyama. It's been good. It's really good. I like the, the manga way better. Um, yeah. That's true. New issue actually came out today. But yeah. <laughs> nice. Definitely going to check it out and let my lady know. So she just finished... Uh, rewatching Dragon Ball now she's into Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that and it's kind of refreshing like to go back through and watch it 
Is there a stigma that you have to watch anime in the Japanese or the the sub? Depends, in my opinion, depends on the anime. Uh, for ninety nine percent of them, I'm not going to say. Yeah, there's a stigma. Ninety nine percent of them, yes, watch in Japanese. Dragon Ball Z is one of the only ones I will say the American dub is actually better than the Japanese because, yeah, Goku is voiced by a woman, uh, which is cool. <laughs> She's amazing. I love her, but it's definitely not what you're used to. And yeah. It's a very high-pitched voice, which a lot of male characters that's common in Japan be voiced by a female, and a lot of times it works. Like Naruto is voiced by a female as well. That works uh, a lot of times in the Japanese, but it definitely um yeah the american dvc is definitely the good one in my opinion okay. but i japanese as well because the translation is different i got but, you i i highly agree that when i watch naruto um attack on titans my hero i watch it in you know like in a, japanese yeah i watch it uh sub first but my lady refuses she says dub only i don't feel like reading while well, watch i know that's i get that I, I do get that. Sometimes you're tired and you don't really want to pay attention to stuff. I actually, you said Attack on Titan. I actually haven't gotten into that, man. I tried. I tried to get a couple episodes. I don't know why. I just couldn't really get into that one. But, Attack on Titan is a great, I haven't re uh, read the, the, the issues, but I watched the anime. It is absolutely great, very interesting, great story, but it absolutely has its slow moments to where it's like, okay, I can go do something else or whatever. Yeah. It's like you lost me yeah. for a little bit. But it gets you right back in there. When the action's high, it's high. But the lows yeah. are very low. So, definitely love it. But Naruto yeah. wasn't up there on your top list? No, I got into Naruto. I don't mean to be one of those people I got into it before it was popular. I really did. I had a, one of my best friends was um, super him and his family. I actually keep up with them to, to this day back in elementary school. Um, friends from elementary school. And they, uh, they were super into anime and manga and stuff. Um, and they introduced me to it. For the most part, um, DBZ, I, Dragon Ball, I kind of actually, not to say I discovered on my own, but no, I did. I had a few other friends from like kindergarten that kind of like showed that. But um, okay. these other friends introduced me to like Naruto before it was actually released in America and we, it was just a Japanese version. They had these torrents of the episodes and stuff. Um, and they got me into it. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I just, no, it's not really one of my tops. It's, Good story, good development. There's some plot holes in it that I just never really got over personally. Um, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's really good. It's its definitely a classic. Um, like One Piece is also a classic. I've read most of that. I actually haven't finished it because that's still going and it's long, longer than Dragon Ball. But um, but yeah, no, it's, eh, it's, it's a good one. Like, I don't know. There's other ones that are good that didn't really make my top, like Hunter x Hunter. I don't know if you yeah, I've seen that one's good. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's, there's some other ones too, but I got you. I'm All a right, top I, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I want to play another game which you call One Has to Go. Now, knowing okay. that Dragon Ball is your favorite uh, on both spectrums, One Has okay. to Go Goku, Vegeta, Boma, or Master Rochi. They have to go, they, they're, they're erased from the series. Okay, well, you can't have the series without like any of those characters. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, you, literally you gotta get rid of one. Have, you cannot have Dragon Ball without Goku and Bulma. They started okay. the series. They started the story. Yep. Can't have it without those two. Okay. Master Roshi or Vegeta. 
<laughs> I'm evil enough. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, what would the story even be like if, if neither one of them were in it? I feel like, so if Master Roshi wasn't in it, I'm going to go with Vegeta. The reason why is Master Roshi still played so many roles throughout Goku's training, life, history. He was like, okay, so in the series, Goku's introduced, Bulma's introduced, Oolong's introduced, um, Yamcha and Peru are introduced. Oh, I'm Krillin. sorry. I did, I did, uh, Krillin's introduced. But yeah, no, Master Roshi is introduced with the turtle um, before Oolong. Before Oolong, they meet him on the beach. Um, he saves, Goku saves the turtle from... Nimbus. That's when Nimbus came in. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's when he got the flying Nimbus originally and stuff. And then they traveled, and then they met Oolong. Um, but anyways, uh, what's, no, yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Master Roshi, like, put him onto the World Martial Arts Tournament. Without that, there wouldn't have been Tien, there wouldn't have been, yeah, no, nah, like, the story probably wouldn't have progressed past that. Now, if there was no Vegeta, then more than likely there would be a Nappa, and like somebody else, I don't know, I feel like just somebody, another Saiyan would have kind of like taken that role, so to speak, of mm -hmm. like trying to be the rival to Goku. And Goku's had rivals throughout the series. Vegeta's mm -hmm. the only one that really ended up sticking because he's also Saiyan. He's like the counterpart to Goku. He's yeah. the only other one that could be equal, truly. Um, and that, yeah, to that capacity. So yeah, I'm going to say Vegeta just because there are other Saiyans at the same time. Uh, there are other full blood Saiyans before, yeah, before they're all killed again. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I didn't real, I didn't keep up with all the movies that came out. I just watched the last one that had um, Broly. None of the movies are connected except for yeah. Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F and Broly. Yeah, everything I, else is in a different universe. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I was like, wait, this doesn't go together. And she's like, it's not. My, my lady had to literally call me down. She's like, I'm like, did I miss some episodes? What like, happened? Where How did we get take place? Yeah, Absolutely. No, no. So um, the original and Brawley and all, all those films, no, no, they're all separate. Like, uh, yeah, just individual stories. Which are really oh, good ones, though. I got you. So I'm playing another another game, Dragon Ball Z uh, Z themed. It's called Versus. I'm gonna give you two items. Tell me why one item is better than the other. Okay. Frieza versus Cell. Um, I mean, if we're going by Super, then technically Frieza, just because he's tapped into the God Key at this point um, mm -hmm. and reached Golden Frieza, which actually, it, no, that's not God Key. I'm sorry. I'm going to take that back. Um, misspoke for sure. If anybody's a Super Dragon Ball fan, they might be like, no, you don't understand that. No, um, but he, he reached that level of the gods, um, whereas Cell technically didn't get that, but I don't know if Cell would if he was alive at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So if we're going by that standard, Frieza, if we're going per, before Super and then Cell. Um, just you enjoyed really that era before you coming. enjoyed the, the, the... Oh, you're saying which one did I enjoy more? Like the yeah. sagas? Sagas, oh, yes. I thought you just meant like versus. When you say versus, I'm like, who's going to win in a fight? No, not in a fight. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> All right. I mean, like he's stronger. It's just, uh, All right. Uh, no, which saga did I like more? Yes. Oh, yes ooh, sorry. Ooh, that makes it. That's, wait, that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Um... Ooh. 
I know. I gotta go Cell Saga. Yes. All right. So, the Namek Saga is amazing. Yes, you get Goku going Super Saiyan for the first time. This is the first time that we actually see this like first transformation. Goku has never had that in history of Dragon Ball. And if you're talking about the the continuity of Dragon Ball, there is no actual like separation between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Dragon Ball. Um, Z was something that the American publishers just kind of like added on. Um, but I'm also losing my train of thought, just getting all all into it. So yeah, it was it was the first time you see Goku be able to get like a transformation like that. But Cell Saga that gave us Teen Gohan in his prime, bro. Like I. And Teen Go, all right, so also another reason why I picked that is because from my era, my age, we pretty much grew up with Gohan. Like, when I was yeah. born in the 90s and it's coming out in America, Gohan's just a kid. He's, like, my age. He's, like, just a few years old, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, you're kind of growing up with him and stuff. And it's, it's uh, you just, I related more to Gohan at that time, uh, opposed to the it's just more of a personal sentimental touch now we can go into talking about like i don't know which one has like better actual writing which one's a better arc they're both very good arcs though both very good arcs so mm-hmm. i'm just i gotta go with like which one just touches me a little bit more and just because i am a gohan fan and this character i grew up with man that's, that's what i'm gonna go with even though a lot of people you think about it man people grew up with goku since the 80s like legitimately grew up with him like it's it's kind of crazy yeah people have a very uh attached feeling to these characters absolutely i i highly agree but that frieza saga man that was my thing and that's that when i was interested like so i was introduced during dragon ball z i didn't watch dragon ball at first uh-huh. so it was cartoon network i mean Tsunami. most people didn't it, yeah. i don't actually think the dub for dragon ball came out until after z was already out Okay, that makes sense. Kyle is like, I don't know who these characters are. I'm watching them fight. They're going in. They're going ham. Every every day after school, four o'clock, I'm in front, parked in front of my TV, watching Toonami, and you know it was just an amazing experience, an amazing. Did you ride. get onto a uh, Kai, or did you get into the original? Series? No, no, the original. So Kai original. came. Kai didn't come on until like. No, that wasn't until mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. No, I'm yeah. talking about when I was a kid. I'm talking about like nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what's up, but absolutely, I'm definitely a big fan of it. And the sales saga, once you put the time travel in there, I was just like, "Ah, That's too much for me. I don't want the time travel. That's too much for you. That was, (laughs) I know that was too much for me. I was like, Time travel because Dragon Ball Z is just such a completely different thing from Dragon Ball as well. Because Dragon Ball is more of like a, a if anybody hasn't seen the original series or uh read the original series dragon ball please go back and check it out because it's very comedic and it is very mystical um it gets a little bit more serious by uh the the fourth and fifth arcs the final kind of arcs um and that's when it carries where i'm actually even flat out came out and said uh the next series that comes out is going to be more serious series it's not going to not be as lighthearted and stuff and that's when we got z um but yeah, no, it's uh, it's just it's because that's entirely different, and just knowing Akira Toriyama's writing style, he he likes to what's there's a specific word for it, but he likes to um, write as he goes and make up okay. as he goes. There's no planned story for his writing or anything oh, like that. So that's okay. why there's things that are like out of there. That's why you might actually see a character like launch disappear, something like that. He flat out forgot about the character. Like <laughs> it's it's legit things that he's just like. 
oh, I forgot about that. And like, that's why you'll get some of those plot holes and stuff. But he's a very spontaneous writer. He likes to create in that moment. So because of that, I've always accepted things transitioning in that way. And hence okay. Super kind of transitioning in the way that it has. Although Super is a whole other, whole other thing because that's become a lot more corporate than Dragon Ball originally used to be. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily entirely controlled by Akira anymore. Yeah, but, I don't I didn't realize Dragon Ball when we were, she was watching it, uh, how much Goku's penis was out. It was this. <laughs> oh out. yeah, no, it, it, it's actually more. I'm sorry, I got to flip my phone because it's about to die. Okay. Charger, so it's gonna do thing. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Just can't see you. You can't see me. Why is it doing this? Why can't I plug my phone into charge and immediately like took you away? Interesting. Hang on, let me see if I can. There we go. Uh, okay. Yeah. My bad. Oh, Mid-sentence, I messed that up. I'm so sorry, man. I was no, you're fine. Not, not, not um, lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? We were talking about Goku's penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's way more out in the anime than it is even in the manga. It's definitely out in the manga, too. It's, uh, it's definitely he, he likes to whip it out there. You don't really care. Absolutely, right. I didn't realize how how many times people shot at Goku. Like they actually like pulled a gun out. and was like bah, bah, bah. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. he's a that's child. A, but no, that's that's also one of the things. He's a in, in that era. He's a, a gag character, so it's it's mm -hmm. meant to be funny. It's meant to be like yeah. nothing can really hurt him. That's why they originally started. Could could they pull it off now in, in PC era? And PC era, yeah. Could they could they redo say like another showrunner tries to do something similar to the Dragon Ball Z? Oh, not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball. And mm -hmm. you got a kid getting run over by a car, getting shot at by guns, and whipping his. It would be on Adult Swim, like Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> any anything that's gonna be like that, yeah. No, I I, I still feel like there's uh, it just it wouldn't be for kids, but yeah, I feel like that content would still work. I don't think my mom would have let me watch that if she would have saw what I nah, but yeah. see like you actually saw Bulma naked like her tits and stuff you see her bare butt like when I was a kid so my mom didn't know okay, so I grew up Mormon LDS is Christian very Christian very very protected house mm -hmm. and um, the first time I got like the Dragon Ball comic the, the manga the first one and I'm reading it and I see Bulma bare butt and I was like oh my mom can never see this like I gotta hide this comic like nobody can ever and she never like read my manga or anything like that so I was able to get the other ones but like if she knew that there was a bare butt in there I was like no, no. <laughs> dude that's funny man oh man oh I, I love anime I love my wife because she really got me into uh discovering new ones so it's just a you know, she like got a Funimation account and I just sometimes go browse and just turn a random one on. You know, even on Netflix, like uh, yeah. Seven Deadly Sins. Have you ever watched that one? Yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that one's really good. I actually, I haven't gotten fully into that one yet, but I've watched a little bit more of that one. Yeah, yeah not, that one's a little bit not like, meant for children as well. So just the first, yeah, about no, the first no, no. episode. It's pretty cool, though. I like, uh, I like some of what I've seen so far, for sure. Mm -hmm. I got you. All right, man. So... Tell me your best, I guess, gig story that you can remember and, and your rather as a good or bad experience and what you learned from it. Okay. Personal gigs or just in general? Um, uh, whatever you feel, rather if you worked at House of Blues, radio station, your personal festival, 
Was so something like one of the basically the biggest lessons that I came out of in like which gig that was. Gotcha. Yes. Um, the biggest lessons that I learned. That's a hard one to ask because there's always lots of lessons. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna say biggest lesson I had to learn. I feel like everybody has to learn this at some point in time, but always have um some form of writing of your agreement um because ideas can be different understandings of agreements can be different and if you have something in writing then it's a concrete thing saying no this is exactly what we agreed on we both got it figured out that way whether that be like an actual contract or even via email email actually works um uh don't say text message um, because that actually doesn't hold up in court if a dispute did come up, uh, but email does. Um, so if you're communicating via email, especially if you have like a, an official email as well, that, that definitely really works. Um, but yeah, just having form of writing of what the agreement is between you and whatever person you might be working with in whatever capacity. Um, I bring that up because there was one event that I do not want to say the name of um that was like a festival kind of style event and i had an agreement with uh, another um brand to help collaborate and put this event on and i was to help with the booking and specifically the booking and coordinating uh eval versi was to help with the booking and coordinating and he wanted a certain booking deal and for the artists and we told them he wanted to charge artists to perform um, and we told them that that was actually against our policy. It's not something that we do. And if that he wanted to do that, then he would have to go another route and not work with us. Um, and that wasn't what we were going to do. And I ended up talking to, uh, talking to him about this over the phone. And um, he kind of lost, this other person kind of lost temper and said, just get me artists. So I said, so we're in agreement. And he said, what did I say? Just get me artists. So I said, okay, so I'm taking this as we are in agreement that this is the deal that we are going to go with, repeat the deal. And he says, yeah, something like that. Hung up the phone. I understand I'm saying something like that. This was a couple of years ago. Don't necessarily fully remember, but mm -hmm. bottom line, I was under the impression that this is what we were doing. Um, but again, that's verbal. And that the way he said something that uh, just get me artists could mean entirely different thing. And no. he definitely thought that that meant an entirely different thing. So that ended up to lead to a very heated moment at the end of that festival. Um, Cause he was expecting to get a little bit more than what I was agreeing to give him. Cause I wasn't charging the artist to perform. I am under the impression that if you were an artist, if you were to be paid to perform, the only way that you pay to perform is if there's a service being provided to you as in media exposure at the event or uh, you are opening for like a larger tour uh, or something like that that's guaranteeing you more of a larger crowd. But if we're talking about something that's more of at your level, uh, in this case, local level, um, yeah, it's, it's, you should be getting at least a ticket deal or you should be getting compensated in some type of way, maybe not necessarily up front, um, like a flat guarantee or anything like that. But I definitely don't think that you should be charged at the same time either, my opinion. But that's definitely not also the uh, full-on industry standard. That's just something that we are trying to push. And we feel we're doing a decent job of it. Make your money. There's other ways for events to make money. I'm sorry, this is a whole other tangent. But yeah, no, no, there's fine. other ways for events to make money other than profiting just off the artists. Look out for that stuff. Not saying that all of those are wrong 
choices or wrong things to get involved with or bad things necessarily get involved with, but look at what they're providing, look at what's actually being promised and guaranteed. Um, is it really worth it to pay to be on that show? Just leave it at that. I understand. Um, you d you've done a lot of booking of artists. You just talked about how you tried to get Meg and, and it didn't work out. Um, somebody yeah. looking to get into the booking aspect of the business. Walk them through what steps they should take to get there and what steps do you take to try to book an artist? Uh, there's a, several different ways to do it. Um, I'm going to speak right now just mostly from the, the local level. So um, a lot of research. I definitely look up uh, a lot of who the artist is. Eh, all right, we can speak broader than, than local. Uh, regional or what it will what whatever have you um yeah just do a lot of research look at uh i like to start on either spotify or instagram personally um there are also other apps and um services that you can get that uh have information on certain artists and things like that like um who their booking agent may be or things like that but a lot of that stuff you can actually find um just with a lot of research but um, if there's an artist that I'm interested in booking, I look at their numbers on Instagram, on other social media. Uh, how are they doing both on following? What's the ratio like? And then not even just on that, but how much engagement they actually have. Um, so if there's a lot of comments and a lot of likes on a photo or something like that, and there's people like legitimate, legitimately engaging with the artist, it's always a good sign that they're actually active and actually within their scene, they're actually doing something. Um, then you also want to look at numbers on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever they might have music. Uh, if they have it on a service that actually charges, such as Spotify or other another streaming service like that, that's always much better. Because um, it just means that they have more of their stuff together and they're going to take uh, the show a little bit more serious. Whereas if they don't have some of those things lined up, um, it's a good hint that they might not necessarily have some of their back end necessarily taken care of and they just doesn't I'm not going to say that they're not a good artist, but they're not necessarily ready for a show. Um, and then, so after looking at um, all of those numbers, if it's an artist that I, I like um, and I think, okay, they're going to do pretty good. Preferably, I try to find some type of show footage already. Um, okay. Some artists that are just starting off might not have that, but if you're looking at booking anybody that's like a decent, budget uh like a name already definitely look at their previous shows look at how they do in certain markets southern markets um try to see best gauge how they're going to do in your market um a similar well, your similar markets and check out other similar markets by markets i mean their cities other places right um and then if yeah if you think that they're going to do pretty well for you uh it's a matter of reaching out and it's figuring out a good sign is always if uh, an artist actually has some other type of representation. Um, if not, sometimes some artists do represent themselves. That's absolutely fine. Some artists are just more into knowing their business and stuff like that, which is great. That's actually very beneficial, beneficial for them. Um, but yeah, find out however they want to be contacted, but make sure that you contact them in the proper way. Mm -hmm. um, that being if they have a booking agent um, or some type of representation, the manager, something like that, contact the manager, contact the booking agent, do not contact the artist. If they are representing themselves, by all means, reach out to the artist. If they have an email or something like that, that's always kind of the better way to give you, actually give you a number. Man, the quickest you can get somebody on the phone and actually talk to them, 
the better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be easier to like, hey, I got this, easier to lock them in quicker. And everything is very much a, a time-oriented deal when you're working with events. Because once you have that event and that venue and that date, you're on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, that's like a whole other tip that I actually just thought of too. <laughs> like, um, making sure that you book out far enough that you actually have time to uh, promote and stuff. But that's, that's a whole other thing. Uh, back to the artists. Um, yeah, so you reach out to them, and then there's a couple of ways to approach them. Um, if it's a more official artist, you definitely want to hit them with uh, either an official offer sheet or an ask, or just a general asking price. Uh, you can ask them what is your rate at this moment. If it's an artist that's just starting off, we're talking like a local or something, something like that, you can definitely give them uh, uh, an offer off the bat, and you might not need to worry about an official offer sheet for them. But if it's an artist that has um, uh, more of a reputation already, um, then ab- absolutely give them like an official offer sheet. You can look up offer sheets online, super easy to do. Um, actually, literally you can find everything online, just different types of contracts and stuff too, and, and, and learning that stuff and, and even general stuff that will just help you buy. But um, the internet, Google is your friend. Uh, um, so you can ask them a price, see what they say, negotiate with them. Um, it's always negotiation, knowing what you are bringing to the table, knowing what they're bringing to the table. 100% every single time that you book an artist, it is a negotiation. There is no set standard for anybody or anything. Um, you're going to work out different deals. You just want to work out the best deal for you and the best interest for your company. And um, it's nothing, it's legitimately nothing like personal or anything like that. Um, you just got to do what's right and best. And yeah, you don't want to hoe anybody over either. It's not, not at all what I'm saying, but um, yeah, you just try to work out the best deal. Um, and then, yeah, if they say yes, then it's just a matter of then locking them in with the contracts. If they require some type of deposit and give them that, if not, then yeah, it's just uh, start getting your promotional material together and all that good stuff. Um, but it is also good to have some kind of like mock-ups before you even get them fully booked as well as far as promotional material goes. That's, again, all the thing. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You ever had an artist back out uh, like last minute? Have that also in the agreements with the artists. Um, that's actually another very good point. Um, yeah, things happen. And if it's, uh, you know, natural disaster or whatever, there's clauses for that within agreements. It's definitely understandable. You have a death in the family or something like that. Um, but if it's not necessarily a good excuse, or it's just all of a sudden just doesn't feel like coming out for whatever reason, you can have, um, you can have uh, repercussions for that. Um, as in, like, if they sold tickets, then they're not going to get their money for those tickets or something like that. I'm not saying be that dramatic. I'm just saying there's things that you can put in place to kind of ensure that an artist holds up their end of the deal. But at the same time, um, you don't want to be too harsh on that, I feel, because a lot of people are pretty genuine and not just out there trying to, like, screw you somehow or or take your money. And typically they're not getting paid until after they perform anyways. And that's a standard as well. You don't pay until the artist performs. The artist does not get paid until they perform unless it's a portion, just deposit. But in full, no. Uh, and every now and then you might get an artist that's a little cocky and might try to ask for that or something like that. But that's not an industry standard. Um, by no means should you give them the money up front because that means that they can just take it, dip, and then where are you at? Yeah. So um, nothing against them. They might not be that type of person, but you just never know. And this is a very 
very tough business. Understand? Have you ever worked with uh, artist management yeah, or? You good? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. No. Uh, you ever worked with an artist management that wasn't very ethical or the the, the best to work with? Yeah, you just don't work with them again. <laughs> you, you you just take note and you're just like, all right, that's uh, I see how this went this time. Definitely don't want to make the same mistake. Um, and you move about your business. And um, if you if you are kind of a respectable person in general and stuff, you're not really going to get no flack later on or anything like that. Like, don't feel any type of way about cutting people off or anything like that. It's just, man, that wasn't the best move for me um, for whatever reason. Go about your business, keep it moving, and keep going. Don't don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. That's fine. Right. Yeah, and I asked that because I've been listening to Kevin Hart's book, and he talks about you know when he first got started, and you know when his team he put his team together. One of the guys was pretty much working for free, but he was getting stuff done, and it got to a point where it was a reputation from his team from the venues. They didn't like working for that particular person. They didn't like working with him, like dealing with the booking because he said, you know, he was just hard was to work with. Yeah, he'll yeah, cuss yeah, you yeah. out. He'll be aggressive and stuff like that. And you know, even Kevin had to step in to have a conversation like. You're representing Kevin Hart. You're putting a bad rep on my name, so you need to cool it. Um, mm -hmm. He didn't really change that much. Um, but when you work with somebody like that, do you risk, you know, losing a Kevin Hart or a Travis Scott or a Meg or a Wayne or anybody like that? How do you adjust? Being 100% perfectly honest, um, yeah, you always risk something like that. And the only reason why I say that is because you never really know where somebody's going to go with something. You don't know if that person might change later on. You don't necessarily know how they're conducting business, even if they're conducting business in a shady way. That stuff sometimes gets through, you know what I'm saying? Not sometimes, a lot. This is a very cutthroat business. A lot mm -hmm. of that gets through. Um, so it's gonna, I, I, I hate to say it, like it's gonna happen. You're gonna run into those people. You're gonna run into those situations. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry. So when, when you cut it, I'm, repeat one more time for me, bro. And did I answer the question? I don't even fully know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, we're just talking. You're just chatting it up yeah, about yeah. dealing with difficult people, how you deal with it. So, right, oh, no, no, no. Completely fine, man. So, going into your work life balance, man, is sometimes you're working a crazy amount of hours throughout the week or the day. How do you, you know, continue those relationships, whether it's with your significant other, with your family, and even just with your mental space? How do you balance work and life? planner uh, i write literally everything down I'm, yeah not joking uh i have a planner that is my life it's not even my phone it's um physical old school planner i write down my essential to-do list for every single day uh every week every month um and i'm like lost without that planner because i had yeah it's a lot of going on i have work a lot like six seven days out the week and then trying to balance some personal life with that trying to balance you know, girlfriend, family, and then the company, and then which I kind of like. Oh, I have a mixed answer on this. So I, I keep up with everything on the planner. That definitely helps keep me organized and balanced and, and knowing where I'm putting my time. But then at the same time, a lot of the stuff that I do kind of feeds into each other. So it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm doing a lot and like it's too time consuming or something like that. Cause. Mm -hmm. Uh, some multitasking things kind of work into other things like I can while I'm at House of Blues working a show 
um, might be able to talk to somebody about something else um, or work things out, answer emails, because there's a lot of emails that I have to answer anyways for all that stuff. So it's just things kind of balance out and, and work, you know, just good work ethic and literally writing literally everything down. If I didn't write it down, then I don't know what I'm doing in a day. That's not okay. <laughs> understand understand so we're getting towards the end of the show um i want you to just offer any advice to any newcomers who may be thinking to become a booker maybe thinking to become a stage manager anything like that what advice would you give those individuals looking to make that step into the industry number one thing you got to do uh kind of goes back to something i said earlier is you got to get out there talk to people literally every opportunity that I have gotten is because I put myself in a position to get that opportunity and learn um, I got the job at House of Blues because I met somebody that worked at House of Blues I did some production work for him and I was like hey man get me on I worked at uh, KTSU radio station because I ended up going to TSU and I ended up going to talk to the radio station I sought them out and ended up giving me a scholarship and everything and uh, something that I had to seek out and put myself in a position for um literally everything is putting yourself in a position to meet people and um it's it's not so much luck yes there is some luck involved in all success um but it's very much preparation meets opportunity and you also have to create your own opportunity mm -hmm. so be active you can't sit on your ass um talk to people go out do things try to make as much of your if you want to turn this passion uh, into a career, and there's so many different aspects and areas of this industry, um, more so than artists. Like I started off, as I said, trying to think I was going to be a producer and stuff. And then now here I am, like I still produce. I still love that. That's never going to go away. But so many other parts of passions and things started to take over. And you'll be surprised what all you can get into and, and where this can lead you. It might not be originally what you're thinking, but man, you get into this industry, it'll definitely fucking take you. I'm sorry, again with the swearing. Uh, like, yeah, it's all good, man. It'll, it'll, it'll sweep you. If you got a passion for music, it, this, it'll sweep you. And it's a circle and people definitely talk and communicate. And it's a smaller circle than you would realize. Like if, if you know one person, then you have a connect to so much more you just don't even realize it so absolutely um, absolutely yeah, get out there absolutely man brother i really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me um I, I love what you're doing i love what you're doing for community i'm excited about the projects that you have coming forward once this covid situation is out of here um i pray that you you able to get back to work sooner rather than later um so with this portion of the show this is my promo section I want you to let people let people know how to reach you, whether it's your production, email, anything like that, uh, what you got going on, what's next for all your companies, if you do have a plan as of right now, and this is just your space to, for you to promote what, what you got going on, okay? Appreciate you, okay. Um, so I am Russ Reinhardt, at Russ Reinhardt. I know it's hard to say R-U-S-S-R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T. Um, that's my handle on Instagram. I'm mostly personally on Instagram than anything else. You'll see me talking about artists, uh, all up and down on there and stuff from shows. Um, and then there's my company Evolversi, which you can follow at Evolversi underscore. There's an underscore after it. Uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, uh, pretty much everything. 
uh, our email, best way to contact Evolversity if you want to hop on some shows, is team at evolversityglobal.com. That is also linked to all of our social media. Uh, we definitely accept applications and stuff. Um, you can also check out our website, evolversityglobal.com. Uh, and submit or reach out to us on there. Uh, we're pretty active with that. There's also upcoming shows and stuff that are on there. Yes, everything is postponed right now, but we are working some stuff out. Uh, we have a couple of shows still technically on for July, seeing how things go. Um, one would be at Bohemios, uh, and that's a funk rock, punk rock kind of band lineup. Um, it would be outside of Bohemios. It's going to be really good. Uh, and then the other one is a uh, variety show. There's hip hop, there's rock, all that type of stuff. It's at BFE Rock Club. It's July 31st. Uh, the other one is July 25th. Um, off the top of my head real quick. And then, yeah, we have uh, we still have a festival lined up for later in the year, hopefully. Everything's all kind of pending at the moment. Um, flight, you can also follow. I'm sorry, there's so much stuff. No, get it all um, out, my man. I want it all. <laughs> flight is at flight concert series on pretty much any social media um and you can also submit to them they as i said we go to different cities with that one uh so you can check out for different cities austin houston dallas still mostly within texas but we are working on getting out louisiana look out um and yeah there's not nothing else confirmed at the moment trying to think Nope, that's pretty much where we're at with everything. Um, hoping to get back to it by July, though. That's that's definitely hope. Absolutely, man. I'm hoping to, man. Everybody, I hit itching for working, man. I feel bad for the people who, you know, of course, got furloughed, and you know, this is their livelihood. You know, some people have mm -hmm. this is a side gig, and they still have their day job, but this is right. people's. Everything. No, this is my life, bro. I'm yeah. out of work at the moment. Um, still making it. Still finding other ways to get some work and stuff. And doing all right definitely did all right on some other stuff so i have savings but okay. man it's 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 a struggle yeah absolutely absolutely man but once again man brother i appreciate you hopping on here man i appreciate um, you having me man yeah Great absolutely comment. man and and if you ever have if you ever have any critiques on this please let me know because this, you're like episode number 11 so i'm i'm looking for the long run with this i need you to send me that link though i didn't actually know that this was episode 11 I need to see some of the other episodes. I missed out. Oh, absolutely, man. It's on my IG, man. Uh, Q -U -E, oh. Duh, Q-U-E Smith. Yeah. I'm following, the link you. Is in, I'm following you. Yeah, man. the link is in the bio. So so right now it's four episodes up. Um, posting two more on Friday. And this is going to keep rolling in, brother. It's coming All in. Right. Right, I'll be on the lookout. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it once again, man. This has been the Q It Up podcast. Thank you so much, Russell. You have a blessed one. All right, brother. Thank you, man. All right. Have a good one.